1: Of Phillies today, I'm your host James Seltzer, it is Tuesday, July the 12th, and we come off a frustrating night of Phillies baseball, as the Phillies lose to the Cardinals last night, never really in it after uh, an early lead, it falls apart in the 5th, and then was never really back, Alec Bohm, terrifying moment, we thought he was done for weeks, dislocated finger, dodgeball, we'll dive into it all, as the Phillies... Again, just a frustrating one last night, now back tied with the Cardinals for the last playoff spot, and really, you know, feels like a squandered opportunity uh, by the Phils after taking those first two games in St. Louis to drop those last two, and you really, you know, you can't even complain about losing the third game of the series, it's a bullpen game, they had just won the first two, they lost 4-3, to three. it was a close game, Albert Poole said a big home run's gonna happen every once in a while in life, um, but the one last night was just, just lame. It was just a lame performance by the Phillies, a lame showing. Um, we're just out of it. NOLA, you know, felt like old school NOLA instead of the NOLA we've seen this year. Um, was a really disappointing showing. And, uh, you know, I do think losing Bohm early, um... You know, he rips a ball into... Uh, Phillies go up one nothing the first. Reese Hoskins cranks one to left. Hoskins just continues to be awesome for this team as of late. We talk a lot about where would this team be without Kyle Schwerber. Honestly, not enough talk about where would this team be without Reese Hoskins. My bad. I should absolutely be saying that more because Hoskins has been, you know, along with Schwerber carrying the team on his back for the last, you know, couple weeks... Um, And really been good for for over a month. uh, Last night, it was two for four with the homer, obviously accounting for the only run. Um, His average is up to 255, Oskins. He's got a 347 OBP and a 494 slugging, you know. All of a sudden, that OPS up around 850 again, close to it. And uh, he has really, really done a great job for the Phillies, especially in the absence of Harper stepping up. You know, him and Schwarber have really really carried this team from an offensive perspective with obviously some help from Derek Hall here and there and and whatnot. But um, he's been great. Uh, Hoskins gets him on the boat early in the second inning. Boom, rips one to the gap. It gets cut off quickly, ends up getting thrown out second. Honestly, thought he was safe, but it didn't even matter. The bigger issue as he's sliding into second, does not lift his hands up as he slides and slams his finger right into the bag. It looked bad in the moment gets caught on camera saying it's broken Some Alec Bohm, the king of getting caught on camera saying things that somehow it's always so easy to decipher what that guy's saying <laughs> this one better than the last one um but it turned out uh, you know it really felt like in that moment the team kind of got deflated and the game was pretty much not the same they hung on to one and lead to the fifth and then the Cardinals just tore off five and ended up winning 6-1 um But it really did feel deflating uh, to have three in that inning, then five by the seventh, six by the eighth. Um, You know, it really did feel deflating, though, in the moment. I think it was deflating for the team in the moment, Um, thinking boom was going to be out for a while. You know, and you've just lost Bryce Harper to a broken hand. You lost Gene Zaguro to a broken hand. It just felt like not again. Really? And they showed the graphic right as the game starting. you know, when they – Show the starting lineups, so always pick someone and put a little graphic out and say, this guy is this for this in his last whatever, either hot or cold or whatever. And of course, before the game, they showed the boom graphic that in his last 13 games, he's batting 396 or whatever. And it's like, oh, of course, this guy's finally heating up. He's been great. He had the two-homer game the other night, lifting the ball a little bit, you know, starting to play a, a competent third base, if nothing else. And and it's like, boom, of course, that's the way this season seems to be going. This team battling adversity and fighting and and just getting dealt a raw deal in certain cases. But um, we find out after the game, really good news. It turns out that his finger is dislocated and not broken, and he might even avoid an i How about it? It really, in the moment, felt like it was going to be a much bigger deal than that. Um, so really, really great news on that front as, you know, it's not like Alec Boehm is the most important player on the team or anything, but when you lose Harper, when you lose Segura, when you have lost backup guys in the infield as well with Mayton and Camargo and, you know, Camargo should be back very soon, but you know, you keep losing these guys, especially in the infield, it's, it's really hard to, to keep Rolling dudes out there, you know. If Bohm has to miss extended time, and and it looks like he's not going to thank God. But if he didn't, I mean, they if he did, they probably would have to make a trade. I mean, you know, even in the short term, it's it's Veerling at third with Oduble in center, or uh, Veerling in center with Camargo at third, assuming you know he's back soon. So, you know, they're 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 short-handed even with you know Boehm coming back, great news, but they are short-handed heading into the rest of this. And we can look up, add to what a massively, massively important week of baseball this is for the Phillies. It really is. It's it's more important than you'd think you know, when you're talking about heading into the All-Star break here. But uh, luckily, avoiding serious injury and uh, really, really good news. Again, in the moment, I don't think... I don't think there were many Phillies fans who weren't expecting Alec Boehm to be out at least a month or whatever, you know, it really, really looked bad. And it really looked like it was going to cost him uh, a fair amount of time. And, you know, it's frustrating. It was frustrating in the moment and especially against he's been hitting well and turning it around and all that. And um, really great news, and you know the loss sucks. Nola was bad. Seven innings, seven hits, five earned, seven strikeouts. He wasn't horrible. You know, a couple of those hits were blue pits and all that stuff. But you know, Nola just didn't have it the way um, the way he needed to for this team last night, especially you know knowing that he had to pitch this game because he can't pitch in Toronto and all that type of stuff. You you would have liked to see Nola come out and and light it up last night. You know he has been so good. You know and. And we talked a lot yesterday, and rightfully so, about Zach Wheeler being snubbed for the All-Star game, which is a flat-out snub. I mean, we talked about it yesterday, but uh, just to reiterate, it, it is honestly an outrage in a lot of ways that Zach Wheeler, who almost won the Cy Young last year and deserved to win the Cy Young last year, didn't end up getting picked for the All Star team this year. Honestly, it's it's a it's ridiculous. Like it, it's hard to justify. And look, he probably will get in there because someone will probably get hurt or someone will pitch on Sunday and can't pitch in the game, and he can pitch because he pitched because uh, he'll pitch in Game Two of the Toronto series. So he will be at least you know able to pitch on Tuesday if needed. So I, I actually think we do end up seeing Zach Wheeler in the All Star game, but not being chosen off the bat. I, I think was was an absolute snub. You know, and I generally don't care about these type of things. This is not something I personally get worked up over. In some ways I'm happy that that there's the potential that Wheeler can use the snub as a as a slight and use that as a way to motivate himself even more moving forward. Um but it is unfair and the guy deserves it and the guy has earned it. And, you know, I I just think it's silly. You know, it's the all-star game. The star should be there especially when you're one of the best five to 10 pitchers in baseball and you've proved it two years in a row now. Like, I don't get it. I, I just, I really don't get it. I know there are other deserving guys. I just don't get it. It, it seems it seems ridiculous to me. But with that in mind, uh, Nola, you could argue, was a, a snub too. You're not nearly as egregious as Wheeler when you look at the numbers, but Nola, especially when you look deeper into the numbers, the F4 of it all and all that stuff, Nola has been one of the best pitchers in baseball according to the advanced stats. Um, but I get, you know, he doesn't have quite the, the eye popping, you know, two, four, six year, I Wheeler does and Wheeler won five something since May 1st. You know, he's been great. Um, but you know, you hope that Nola last night goes out and says, I got, I got snubbed. You know, at least he thinks he got snubbed and goes out and shoves against St. Louis. You know, that's what you're hoping for. And, and, uh, it just felt too much like old school Nola last night or, you know, not old school enough, but you know, the after twenty eighteen Nola, twenty 2020, twenty Nola, twenty twenty one Nola uh last night. And again, look, he's been really good this year. One start is not gonna get me off that bandwagon, but um definitely a disappointing one last night. And across the board, and I do think the Bohm injury played a role in this team's kind of lack of fight, a lack of fire. Um but look, you hope that the news about Bohm um get some going a little bit, get some positivity in the clubhouse as they do go to Toronto tonight. And, uh, you know, obviously a lot to get into with this. I mean, first and foremost, I just mentioned it before, but it is just the truth that this is a massively important week of baseball for this team. And look, it's uh, July 12th and they're five games above 500. They are a playoff team tied for a spot as of today. So, you know, it's hard to get too concerned but, you know, they've lost a lot of guys. They're going to be without bone for a couple. They are shorthanded in this Toronto series, you know, at least a, a couple guys. We'll we'll talk about that a sec. Less than I expected, but we'll talk about that in a sec. But, um, you know, you look at the, the positivity that's been surrounding this team over the last few weeks and really, you know, the last month and a half and the type of vibe that has been around this team, and obviously we've given so much credit to Kyle Schwarber and deservedly so for that, um, but also, you know, the way this team has battled adversity, the way they keep finding ways to win games without Bryce Harper, without Gene Segura, without Ranger Suarez, without Zach Gavlin with all kinds of injuries on the infield to even backup guys and all that, they they they've persevered. They've really battled adversity, and it's been admirable to watch and exciting to watch. And it's I think made a lot of us believe in this group of guys and believe that you know if you go out and make trades and add to this group, if you Get Bryce Harper back and get Gene Segura back and get some of these guys back that, you know, that this team actually really could contend for something. And if nothing else, can certainly make the playoffs. And, you know, you hope that you get to the playoffs and get high. You know, we saw the Braves last year again, last year at this time, Braves under 500, still for another month, essentially, you know, almost. Um, we're under 500 and then just figured it out. They figured it out and they made fringe moves. You know, that's the thing is, is, I want the Phillies to go out and add to this team. You know, I think that they are good enough that they should really consider making substantial moves for this team, adding real players who have more than one year on their contract and might cost a little bit more to get here, but will be a valuable piece for this team for the next couple years. Like I'm in on that. But, you know, there's also smaller moves that can be made, and we see it last year with how the Braves won the World Series. I mean (laughs) Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler were their two most important players in the playoffs. Eddie Rosario had a playoff run that was magical. Jorge Soler was the World Series MVP. Those guys were got off the scrap heap. You know what it cost to get those guys? Cash. It cost them cash. They got Eddie Rosario from the Indians for cash. And he was the best hitter in the Major League Baseball playoffs last year. Think about that. Jock Peterson, that was a pre-deadline trade. They traded for Jock Peterson. Think about how important that guy was in that run. All the stuff that that guy made happen and then how influential he was for that team. That's three guys who were three of their most important players in the playoffs and through the playoff run. Solaire, Rosario, these guys were crucial, Jock Peterson, crucial to them winning the World Series. And these were guys they got for nothing, nothing to get those guys. When the Braves traded nothing for Jock Peterson, I remember saying to my buddy Jack Fritz, like, where's my Jock Peterson trade? Go get me a Jock Peterson. I'll take that dude on my team. Put him up against righties and let him hit bombs. Let's go. Like, where are we? What are we doing? So there's a lot of potential. It's time for Dave Dombrowski obviously to earn his money because there's a lot of potential to make this team better and supplement this group, and that's got to happen. But this week is so important for that and so important for so many things because, you know, first of all, it's a tough week, right? You got two games in Toronto where you're shorthanded. We're getting the four guys they're missing, but um, you're you're going to Toronto not to shorthanded but against a, a team that has a better record than you, a team that is a playoff team, and the team that was a playoff team last year is a damn good baseball team, you know, so or playoff caliber. Um, so you, know, you got those two games and then you go to Miami, which you is your house of horrors, a house of horrors in Miami. Is there anyone who feels confident going into Miami last weekend for the all-star break? And thus with that in mind, it does make it so important to think about what this team does heading into the, the all-star break here, not just, you know, for the trade deadline stuff and getting Nebraska even more in and just, but this team, all these good vibes, all this momentum, I mean. If you lose four or five heading in now and you're, you know, game over or whatever, I mean, think about the, the, the deflated feel that this whole group goes into the all-star break with. This time off to stew, to think, you know, as opposed to if they can get it together and rally and win three of five or four of five. What a different feeling we have about this team. What a different feeling they have about themselves How much more confidence do you go into that break with and that break where you take some time and you reflect and you think about things and you get back to it and it's your recharge time. Like, you want the Phillies riding high. You want them feeling good heading into that. And these five games are a massive part of that because right now they're on a two-game losing streak, you know? So, you know, these five games are such a, a massive part of this. A massive part. So, you know, really is an important, important week of baseball for the Phillies. As you know, they've been scuffling the last two games and, and yet have been playing really great baseball. And you have the chance to, to head into this all-star break, this time off, this recharge time in a good place. Or they can go in coming off an incredibly disappointing little run here. It's massively important this week. It really is. All right, let's look ahead to tonight and tomorrow, the Toronto series. Um, we were dreading this series. Obviously, I think a lot of Phillies fans are dreading this series if for no other reason than to just find out how many of our Phillies would not be able to make the trip to Toronto, Canada. Of course, with their vaccination rules, uh, no player is allowed into the country if they are not vaccinated. And... um you know, we've been seeing teams go up there and have to place guys on the restricted list and, and that whole thing. And honestly I was expecting six or seven Phillies um to not be able to go. So the fact that it was only four is, you know, somewhat emboldening to me, somewhat, you know, a a, a thing that I can be excited about. Um, you know, look though it is a bummer the four you're you're missing and now they I guess in a way get lucky with Alec Bohm being one of the four in the sense that he probably wasn't gonna play these next two games regardless after the injury last night, so you know, kind of softens the head of that one. Kyle Gibson and Aaron Nola, two of the other four. Um, you know, you lined your rotation up so that those guys would pitch in spots where they'll both pitch in Miami. You know, it is not as as impactful. It's just not. No JT Romito, though. You know, no JT Romito had some aggressive comments about it. We'll get into it, but um, you know, for a guy who's not helped the team much this year, and has you know, when you take into account the money he is making versus the play we've gotten, has been a absolute minus for this team in that in that context. Um, you know, just disappointing that they won't have him in these games. You know, forgetting any sort of political stuff or anything like that, whatever you know. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. Everyone knows where I stand, and. I know I'm not going to change anyone's minds, or I don't need to fight about it, or whatever. But I, I just am disappointed they won't have him for the games. You know, these are super important games. And look, I love Garrett Stubbs. More Garrett Stubbs, as far as I'm concerned. So two nights of Garrett Stubbs ain't gonna, you ain't gonna uh, uh, crush me or anything like that. But you know, and, and hamstring's the team. You know, they'll they'll have to call someone up if they don't. Kyle Schwarber's the backup catcher. You know, I mean, it just puts you in a tough spot. Like missing guys puts you in a tough spot. Andrew Belotti started tonight. It's a shame. Because, again, these games are so important. These games against Toronto are so important because we know how we're going to feel this weekend. We know what going to Miami is going to be like, right? You know, we know it. We know how we're going to feel. We know the potential pitfalls. We know that there's a sadly decent chance that they lose two or three or worse. Um, you know, this Toronto series is important. And you got Bilotti going up against Barrios. Barrios is freaking nasty. And it looks like it could be Kevin Gauss from tomorrow. It hasn't been uh, said yet, but... You know that would suck because he's really good. Um, luckily, thank goodness for Zach Wheeler as well. If Wheeler going in Game Two tomorrow, and um, you know, sadly, but Gibson Game One against Miami. Uh, we'll see on Saturday who they call up or if they go bullpen game or if it's fault or whatever, and then Sunday Nola. Um, you know, it's sad that the Wheeler game is the only one I feel confident about. You know, you can't feel confident against games in Miami and. You know, we're going to Toronto, and even then, it's like the Blue Jays, it might, you know, anything can happen, but I, I do feel confident with Wheeler on the the way he's pitched, heading into the all-star break, getting snubbed. You know, obviously coming off just another friggin' jam the other night in St. Louis. This guy, God, I love Kyle, uh, love Zach Wheeler. And look, Gibby pitched a gem last time in St. Louis, too. Hopefully he can carry that to his last start of the first half. But, um, you know, it really is a big stretch of baseball here coming up. The rest of this week is really crucially, crucially, crucially important. Because, um, again, if they can just head into this break with a little momentum or even just the not-momentum, the not, not momentum, so to speak, you know, then we've talked about it so many times, but I'll just read it just straight through the schedule for the second half, and you can just hear how many of these games are against bad teams. Three against the Cubs, three against the Braves, tough one. Four against the Pirates. Then two against the Braves. Then you got four against Washington. We've already got the Cubs, the Pirates, Washington, three against Miami, three against the Mets in New York. That's tough, obviously. Then three in Cincinnati. One of the worst teams in baseball. Four in New York against the Mets. Again, tough. But then four against Cincinnati. Then three against Pittsburgh. Then three against Arizona. All super winnable games. Then you get three against the San Francisco Giants. That's a tough one. Important series that one. Phillies hold the season tiebreakers against the Cardinals and the Brewers and the Padres. They've won the series, season series against those teams. Right now, they are down 2-1 against the Giants. So they, that is a big one because tiebreakers do matter with these wild cards have this year. Miami. Um, after that, 3. And then 3 against Washington. Then 3 against Miami. Then they have a tough stretch of 3 against the Braves, 2 against Toronto at home, thank goodness. And then 4 against the Braves. But Then they finish out with 3 against the Cubs, 4 against Washington, and then 3 against Houston. And it, which... Um, there is, unless Houston is playing for a home field advantage in the AL, which they won't be because of the Yankees, that is a, a classic Houston has nothing to play for a series. They will have won their division a week and a half for two weeks before as they are way out in front. And no one's going to catch them in that division. So, um, you know, the second half schedule really couldn't play out better. It really couldn't. You know, the Phillies are really set up to go on a run here in the second half. It's just the importance of heading in this you know, this run here, how important it would be for this team to show up for these games in Toronto and before heading down to Miami, you know, it's just a a really big week of baseball for the Phillies. It's an important week. It's a, um, a gut check week, you know. It really is. It's a week where, you know, this team has a lot riding on it. And again, look, if they have a bad week, it doesn't mean the season's over. There's a lot of baseball left to be played. You know, we're just starting the second half of the season. They're in it no matter what. You know, even if they lose five straight in the Cardinal, well, that would suck. But (laughs) let's not even go there. Um, But, you know, I mean, the point is they're they're still in it. And they will will almost definitely still be right there squarely in it at the All-Star break. You know, it's not a, a season over type week. But it is the type of week that can have an impact and can carry over and can... You know, extend for this team, and um, and I, I do think matters. And and again, especially with the trade deadline, you know, you got Dombrowski sitting there during the All Star break, making calls, figuring things out, wondering what's going to happen with trades and stuff. You know, give him all the ammunition you can in terms of letting him know, like, hey guys, we're good. Buy into this, pay into this, add to this. We need more players. Let's go win games. You know. So it's going to be fascinating, and uh, I'm really intrigued to see how they respond after losing Boehm last night. He'll be out, you know, for these games in Toronto. Either way, you know, without a couple guys, you know, without JT in these games, I'm really intrigued to see how this team responds. They lost two straight after winning the first two of that series. They've won a bunch of series in a row. Other than that Atlanta one, they've won eight of their last ten or eight of their last eleven, and they tied one of those. That's including the tie with Car- the Cardinals. You know, they've played way, way, way more good baseball than bad over the last month plus. Um it's a big week. Two against Toronto, three against Miami. It is a really, really big week. You know, it's a surprisingly big week of baseball for the Phillies, it's a surprisingly important week of baseball I mean, you know the All-Star Break. I really do think that it can set the tone for this team and really kind of set them up moving forward. So um it's gonna be fascinating. I'm really excited to see how they respond, how this team shows up. And look, bullpen game against the Blue Jays tonight, not ideal. Um Barrios, no less. Um but you know, I'd really like to see this team go to Toronto night and show some spunk, show some fight, and uh, you know, kind of surprise us in this bullpen game. I mean, they win tonight, then, then it's like, oh man, we got wheel on hill to take this series, and then it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> so the things really good swing. It's it's a really pivotal series in Toronto, and um, you know, they're not as short handed as I expected. That's good news. So, um, they're they're their full array of bullpen guys. The you know majority of position players, you know, we're we're doing okay. Just need to go and, and handle business. So. Really big series. Whatever happens. Either way, we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.